Hello, everybody, and welcome to my first ever podcast, Talking TV. For those of you that know me, I've been reviewing TV and movies for over a decade now. I started on my website, nadsreviews.com, and then I moved on to Instagram, most recently to TikTok, and I've been getting a lot of comments about starting my own podcast, so here we go. I'm super excited that you're here joining me for this ride, and let's kick it off with our first episode, and it's all about the top 10 shows of 2021. Pretty appropriate, no? Number 10 on the list, and you'll probably be surprised to see it so far down on the list, is Squid Game. I know, Netflix said that this was pretty much their biggest show ever made in the history of TV, and while it did break a lot of records and got a whole lot of hype, I think it was kind of overrated. Now just hear me out. This is a show that was pretty gruesome, violent, super enjoyable especially in the first episode, the whole red light game, like that was really shocking and nerve-wracking. And the show managed to create a bunch of these moments and episodes in between. But you can't tell me that you didn't start getting bored by the end of the show. I don't know if it was just me, but the last two episodes were a chore to sit through. And that's not what you want at the end of a season, you know? Especially a finale. A finale is supposed to be the culmination of everything the show has been building towards. It's not supposed to be so tediously dull. So, I'm sorry Squid Game, you were good, you got a lot of hype, you got a lot of attention, you really took over the pop culture zeitgeist. But you were not the best show of the year. I think 10th place is more than enough. Number 9 on the list is Money Heist Season 5. Alright, so here's my thing with Money Heist. Season 1 was pretty cool. Season 2 really started to bore me. Season 3, surprisingly, got me right back into the game and I really enjoyed both that and Season 4. Then season 5 part 1 came out in September because of course Netflix wants to milk the franchise for all it's worth. And honestly those first 5 episodes were pretty dull, way too many flashbacks that just slowed down the season's momentum. Thankfully part 2, which just came out this past December, was brilliant. 5 episodes of pure adrenaline and suspense and twists and it just really elevated the show and ended it on a great positive note. I absolutely loved the finale, spoiler alert, so jump on head down if you haven't finished it. But the finale was fantastic, it was uplifting, it was inspiring. I loved that the show gave the gang a happy ending and it just felt earned after five years of endless and endless obstacles. And it's funny enough, because, you know, I've always compared Money Heist and Prison Break over the years. And while Prison Break still has the best debut season of probably all time, uh, Money Heist has the better ending. Uh, Prison Break had a horrible ending, and then Fox didn't even know when to end it, and they just kept bringing it back, which was just embarrassing. So um, I love Money Heist Season 5, Part 2. That's number nine on the list. And really, the show could not have ended on a higher note. And with a finale this good, it actually changed my perspective on the show and made me appreciate it a whole lot more. So look at that. Number eight on the list is Ted Lasso Season 2. Now, Ted Lasso Season 1 was pretty special because it came out during the pandemic and it was feel-good TV. Uh, we were all going through a tough time. The world was crumbling under its anxiety and Ted Lasso came and saved the day with Jason Sudeikis' epic performance and a pretty phenomenal cast. So season two got a lot of hate, but I loved its exploration of mental health and anxiety. 
uh, it's no secret that I've struggled with anxiety and I've made a ton of videos and written a ton of articles about anxiety and mental health. So I love that season two is brave enough to tackle this. I will admit that that changed the show from a comedy into more of a dramedy. Uh, some moments were pretty darn emotional and moving. And I respect the fact that some people were watching the show purely for the feel-good vibes. And the show evolved in season two to be pretty touchy and uh, and maybe triggering for people with anxiety. So I completely respect that. But personally, I loved season two. I thought it was beautiful. I loved how they explored the relationship between Ted and his therapist. And it just went out on a high note and I felt elevated the show to a new level in terms of depth and in terms of how they explored really thoughtful, insightful topics. So Ted Lasso season two is number eight on my list and I just loved it. Number seven on the list is Dr. Death, a limited series on Peacock starring Joshua Jackson. You probably did not hear about this show, but it was intense the subject matter was about a mentally disturbed surgeon who leaves multiple traumas in his wake and basically disfigures and harms his patients. It's a really intense watch, but it's also so thought-provoking and so captivating, and it's a limited series, so it's not being dragged out for years on end. Joshua Jackson gives a phenomenal performance. I've never watched him in Dawson's Creek, but I thought he was great in The Affair. But seeing him with a pure starring role on Dr. Death was incredible. Uh, I'm so used to the actor being the good guy. So to see him pull off this role and so magnificently really wowed me. So it's not an easy watch, but Dr. Death is really impactful and it's number seven on my list. Number six on the list is another limited series. This one's on Netflix and it's called True Story, starring Kevin Hart. Now I know Kevin Hart is a comedian, but hear me out. He plays drama so well. I did not expect this, but he is outstanding in this role. Plays a famous comedian, shocker, uh, who gets involved in a murder cover-up. And I won't say anything more, but his chemistry with his brother, played by Wesley Snipes, is one of the best dynamics and duos I've seen the entire year. The two are so good, and their chemistry is just electric. It just pops off the screen and makes the show just must-watch TV. And again, it's a limited series, so you get a complete story. The finale was uber satisfying. You know, a lot of times shows just drop the ball in the finale. But this one is a win through and through. Just when you think things are predictable, it swerves and gives you another curveball. I just really enjoyed this from start to finish. So that's true story for you. Limited series on Netflix, number six on the list. Number five on my list is Mayor of Easttown, a limited series by HBO. Now, Kate Winslet gives what is probably one of the finest performances of the year in this show. It's a mystery crime thriller set in a small town, and it's pretty slow, but it's a captivating slow burn. It gradually reels you in into the small town mystery and these really eerie, spooky vibes. It's kind of unsettling, and uh, Kate just does a really good job in it. She's also backed by Jean Smart, who's one of my favorite actresses. She's also the star of Hacks, which was a delightful comedy that came out this year that just narrowly missed the top 10 list and there's a jaw dropper in episode 5 it will literally make your jaw 
drop. It's episode four or five. I think it's five. You'll know it when you see it, but it's the kind of twist that just reels you in and makes you appreciate the guts that a show could have. So this is a brutal watch, but it's also so fascinating and one of the best things of the year. So if you haven't caught Mare Town, please do. Number four on the list is The Good Fight, season five. Aha, so The Good Fight, ever since it came out, has been on my list every single season. It's usually higher than number four. Yeah, that's a high bar. But maybe this season was a tad weaker than the other seasons, but it's still better than 99% of shows on TV. Now, even if you've never watched The Good Wife, you will appreciate The Good Fight. It's got a stellar cast. It's got wacky storylines, super creative touches, at every turn, whether sometimes they just go all out into an animated skit. It's wacky. It's just so good. And it's got Christine Baranski leading an all-time epic cast, including Audra McDonald. And the beauty of the show is that you keep seeing the same judges and lawyers that you saw on The Good Wife or on The Good Fight, and they keep revolving and coming in and out, really creating a lived-in world. The Wagner subplot dragged a bit this season, but that's okay, because this is still truly solid, impressive, marvelous TV. Wow, those are a lot of adjectives, but I feel so strongly about the show and I never ever want it to end. And by the way, you can find it on Paramount+. Plus. Number three on the list is The White Lotus, another limited series by HBO. The thing I loved about this show is that it transports you to a hotel in Hawaii and you totally feel like you live there with the guests. And the stories between all the guests, particularly Jennifer Coolidge, who's also a standout performer this year. You might know her from American Pie, from Legally Blonde, but the woman's got amazing drama chops as well. And she's so good here. And the show with its tribal beats, yeah, the music is great. You just check out the soundtrack on Spotify. And the character interactions and development, and it's it's just so well-rounded and so well-made. It's one of my most favorite things of the year. Actually, it was number one on my list for the longest time, and I couldn't wait to feature it as the number one on my list. And then... Well, you'll find out who takes the top two spot. But do check out The White Lotus. It's unforgettable. Number two on the list is Succession Season 3. Yep, Succession came in at the end of the year. And what a show that it was. This season elevated everything about Season 1 and 2. The cast, led by Brian Cox, still truly special. Jeremy Strong delivered astounding work as Kendall. He was the MVP for sure. And every episode was filled with the same razor-sharp, cutthroat dialogue. Half the time I don't even get what they're saying when it's all very businessy and uh, well you know if you watch Succession you know what I mean but the show does a great job of showcasing wealth and how depressing and gloomy it is right down to the cinematography and color palette. This is a really really detail-oriented show down to every single choice that the production makes. And episode 9 is one of the finest things I've ever seen. Sorry, episode 8. 9 was the finale. So this was the one time that they did 9 episodes instead of 10. I believe it's because they filmed during the pandemic in Italy. So they had to cut down the production. Nevertheless, this season was an all-round stunner. Number one on the list of my top 10 shows of 2021 is Made, a limited series by Netflix, and I cannot sing this show enough praises. Margaret Qualley gives the number one performance of the year as a woman who has to raise her daughter as a single mom after she leaves her abusive husband, and she has to work as a maid to make ends meet. It's so powerful. 
It's so gut-wrenching, and yet it's also so inspiring and beautifully made. It's a really nuanced show, and everything from the money appearing on screen as you see how her budget's just like dwindling down, to the acting. She's got Andy McDowell, who play, who's her mom in real life, playing her mother on the show. Their chemistry is fire. So this is a raw series. It's uncompromising, and it's just brilliant in every way, and I don't think I'll ever see a show that's just as memorable anytime soon. So that's it. Those are my top 10. I'd love to hear what your top 10 looks like. What was your favorite show of the year? And I do hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was my first ever Naz Reviews podcast. Talking TV, but don't worry. We'll also talk about movies and everything else. So uh, let me know what you thought. Get in touch. Follow me on TikTok, Instagram. You know the drill. Thanks for stopping by and let's talk soon. Until next time.